It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Riley drops back, looks, looks, dances, and throws, and he's going deep down the field. Oh, what a catch by Darrell Walker, who skipped his way to the end zone. Rebound comes off the boards. Two on two, Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net. Back hitter towards side, he scores. Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game. It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. played and from our point of view we're lucky enough in the hockey world that he happened to be the nicest superstar that maybe ever lived and that made him pretty unique. This guy when he came into the league he just around to every team and he took on the toughest guy and beat the snot out of him and, and, and just this you know don't mess with me. He just went out of his way and he said man he could fight and uh, and he didn't have to fight very often. I didn't see him fight that often. Nobody wanted to fight with him. So long to the greatest in hockey, as far as I'm concerned, and I go back that far. I saw them all play, the Bellabos, the Howes, the Hulls, all of them, Richards, etc. I've been around a long time, and he was just a class act off the ice, and he was superb on the ice. How coming up on the right side, How over the line to his father, son to father, back and Yes, that was April 9th, 1980. Hartford versus Montreal. Gordie Howe scoring his final NHL goal. The assist to his son, Mark Howe. What a moment that was. Uh, Before that, you heard from Wayne Gretzky, Paul Henderson, and Brian Hall sharing memories of Gordie Howe, who passes away today at the age of 88. Brendan Ulrich with you in for... Reed Wilkins tonight on Inside Sports. Reed will uh, join me shortly on the program. But, uh, you know, what a day it's been. When something like this happens, everyone comes together. Um, for me, learning of Gordie Howe, Pat, uh, just some of the stories. I mean, I'm 25. Never had a chance to watch him play. Um, of course, growing up, you hear about Gordie Howe. You know what he's all about. But when something like this happens, you hear a lot. Of great stories everyone sharing their memories hearing all the tributes and memories it's easy to see why his nickname of course was mr hockey uh you don't just give that nickname to anyone look around sports is there any such nickname out there to be mr hockey you need to love the game you need to love playing the game and you need to be a great ambassador to the game and uh, that's gordy howe 
And that's why he's known as Mr. Hockey. Some of the numbers, you look at the numbers and some of the things he did, just remarkable. 26 seasons in the National Hockey League. He played uh, 1,767 games. That's the most of all time. That will be a record that I hope is never broken. That's that's cool. So I hope uh, Gordie Howe will always have played the most uh, NHL games in the history of the game. That's pretty cool. He played until he was 52. Only player to have uh, competed in the NHL in five different decades, 1940s through the 1980s. Uh, he ranked among the top 10 in the league, scoring for 21 consecutive years and scored 20 goals or more in 22 straight seasons. Wow. Four Stanley Cups. Second most goals of all time, 801. He's known for the elbow. The Gordie Al Hattrick, although he's only had two in his uh, career, but it's still. It got named after him. That's pretty cool as well. But he truly is a hockey icon. Uh, Kellen Kennedy behind the glass tonight helping me out. I read through some of those numbers. Anything stand out to you this wow you at all because those are some, some pretty incredible feats for him. They are incredible numbers and uh, I'm old enough to remember actually the night that Gretzky broke Howe's all-time point record in 94 against Vancouver when uh, Gretzky was with LA uh, and um, that was or the, that, that was one of them. I think the other one was the, the night here in Edmonton back in the late 80s uh, when I've that was I think the all-time point record was here in Edmonton, and then what was it the 901, 902, whatever it was, the goal number was the one that was broken in LA that night in '94. But yeah. just the the thing that stands out for me is the respect Gretzky had for how like you could legit see mm-hmm. when they were interviewing each other or or in an interview setting with each other or talking to each other, the respect that Gretzky had. And, and Gretzky, of course, the greatest player of our generation, looking up to, like, arguably the greatest greatest player of all time. Without Howe, there is no Gretzky. Without Howe, there is no power forward because guys like Lindros and uh, that elk would never come along in the game because Howe, back in the 40s and the 50s, changed the game. Yeah, you mentioned, someone actually said that on Oilers Now today about uh, without there being a Gordie Howe, there'd be no Wayne Gretzky. And mm-hmm. uh, clearly, Gretzky adored and looked up to uh, Gordie Howe. And this is what Wayne had to say on Twitter today. Uh, Unfortunately, we lost the greatest hockey player ever today, but more importantly, the nicest man I've ever met. Sending our thoughts and prayers to the Howe family and to the millions of hockey fans who, like me, loved Gordie Howe. Rest in peace, Mr. Hockey. That's Wayne Gretzky earlier today. So if you want to uh, chime in throughout the evening here uh, on 630-630, you can text us. I guess I just said it, 630-630. I meant to say 630-Chad, but it's been a long day. As you know, I was on Oilers Now earlier, and now I'm here. Uh, So bear with me. Uh, We will talk with uh, Reed Wilkins coming up. Uh, At 630, we'll talk to Al Hamilton, who actually played against Gordie Howe. Uh, we'll see how many times he received the famous elbow. Um, at 7 o'clock, hoping to hook up with uh, Jim Matheson of the Edmonton Journal, who covered uh, the Oilers back in their WHA days. So we'll talk to Jim. Hopefully at 7 in the 7.30 to 8 o'clock block, we will uh, turn our attention to the CFL. Morley Scott will join us uh, out in Calgary, as well as Jock Wilson host of Calgary Stampeders Football to preview the first Battle of Alberta preseason style tomorrow in Calgary. Uh, We should probably take a break. I'm not even sure how this works. We need to take a break. Two-minute break, and then we'll come back with uh, Reed Wilkins, the host of Inside Sports. 
Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Back here on Inside Sports, 616 in Edmonton. Portions of Inside Sports brought to you by Action Furnace. Home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. Uh, the regular host of this program, Reed Wilkins, is uh, getting set for a wedding. And... Uh, it is his show, and he has lots to say, despite uh, not being here with us. So we go to Reed Wilkins right now. Reed, how you doing? Doing great, Brendan. Thanks a lot for sitting in for me tonight, buddy. Really appreciate it. Hey, there's nothing more I'd rather be doing than hosting your show on a Friday night. It's a great opportunity. I'm pumped. Yeah, good. Well, I know you're doing a great job. I know you had a, had a busy day. Yeah, uh, what's up with you? I know you've been driving all day. Uh, how are things going? Well, I, I don't want to exaggerate. I flew most of the okay. way. I'm uh, I'm at a wedding in the uh, in BC on Shushwap Lake. So uh, yeah, I'm just settling in to where I'm staying. A lot of rain here as I was driving the last uh, last leg of the trip. It was it was pretty wet coming in, but uh, nice part of the world. Haven't been here a lot, so looking forward to a little R and R, buddy. But of course, I'll still be following all the sports stuff over the weekend. Yeah, um, well, lots to talk about. Uh, the biggest news, of course, in the sporting world today is uh, the passing of uh, Gordy Howe at the age of 88. Uh, amazing hearing all the stories, people sharing their memories of Gordy Howe, what he meant to uh, the game of hockey. Uh, for you, Reed, what comes to mind when you hear, I, I guess, the news of Gordy Howe passing away? Yeah, well, a, a few things. I mean, I I don't really remember seeing Gordy play, even though he he played for a long time. I, I don't have a lot of those memories, and I mean, certainly when he was in his prime, that was before I was born. But the longevity obviously comes to mind. I mean, just just seems like he played forever. So that and that that he you know played at a relatively high level for and for quite a while was one of the best players in the game for most of his career. And you think about just his reputation for being a little bit, a little bit nasty on the ice, and, and hockey is a game that celebrates that, where you love skill players, but you also love guys who work hard and aren't, you know, who are willing to maybe cross the line or, or tiptoe on it a little bit. And Gordy Howe had that reputation for, for throwing the odd elbow or, or being a little aggressive with his stick if he had to make some room for himself on the ice. So certainly an all-around player, and. You think about it, you know, you think about guys that, that propelled their sport or kept their sport in the headlines. I mean, we've lost Muhammad Ali and Gordie Howe both in the in the past week. And, uh, you know, Ali was at a golden age of boxing for sure with all the great heavyweights in that division. But I think he helped elevate it just with his brashness, with uh, his the ability to take advantage of the media and the relationship with Cosell and Gordy Howe certainly not that uh, not that outgoing or you know not that brash or coming across as, as as cocky like that but but a guy who was a superstar of the game where it started to get more publicity where games started to be televised where you might be interviewed a little bit more uh, you know certainly when I think from that 50s 60s era you would to my mind a lot of great players, but you would think of Maurice Rocket Richard and you would think of Gordy Howe as the two guys who were uh, on top of the heap and, and uh, you know, both elite point producers for that era. Um, 
both known for being fiery, maybe in, in slightly different sort of ways, but but certainly uh, intense, rugged players when they had to be. So yeah, I mean Gordy Howe, a guy who um, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to say one of the, the I, I want to say the first superstar of hockey because you can go back to the 20s and 30s and obviously find great players as well. But I think him and Richard sort of were, were at the forefront of the game, kind of came a little bit into the into the TV era and guys who who paved the way and were heroes for then, you know, kind of Gretzky's uh, generation. Uh, I mean, I don't, it, it, probably oversimplifying a little bit, but I think there's some truth to it where probably a lot of uh, French Canadians would have looked up to Rocket Richard and a lot of English Canadians and Western Canadians would have looked up to, to Gordie Howe. And I realize Gretzky from Ontario, but, but, uh, but English speaking and, and uh, Gordie Howe, I think, paved the way and inspired a lot of guys at Gretzky's generation. Well, it's interesting uh, that you mentioned that, Reed, because someone texted in on Oilers Now earlier and said if it wasn't for Gordie Howe, there would be no Wayne Gretzky. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but there is a little merit to that statement based on Gretzky, you know, adoring Gordie Howe growing up and wanting to be just like him. And, of course, maybe other kids, the way they looked at Gordie Howe growing up, he really touched a lot of people on and off the ice. And I guess that's why he was called Mr. Hockey. There, there's no other nickname really like that in, in sports. I mean, that's Gordie Howe. He's named Mr. Hockey, and that's pretty cool. Well, and, and I think that, that texture makes an interesting point about about the inspiration. I, I mean, I, I think Wayne Gretzky was was obviously drawn to the game of hockey or put into the game of hockey at a very young age by his father and always showed a, an affinity and an excellence in, in being a hockey player. But, I mean, you, younger people need things to aspire to or uh, obstacles to overcome or goals to try to match. And, and there's no doubt that that for Gretzky, Gordie Howe was that. Uh, I mean, just like, uh, you know, you, you hear younger quarterbacks in the NFL saying they were uh, inspired by Peyton Manning, who you know was still playing last season, obviously, but he was sometimes playing against guys who were kids when he first burst into the NFL and then started making a name for himself with the Colts. I mean, you can look at a, a lot of sports. So, there, I mean, there's always that connection. That's the great thing about sports. There's always that uh, previous generation where somebody said, well, I like that guy and I kind of wanted to be him or I watched him play and that made me want to learn that move or, 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 you know, be unselfish like he was or, or be a good teammate like he was or get as many points as, uh, as he did. So I, th- I just think, you know, for uh, how inspired Gretzky, maybe set some goals for Gretzky and, and, you know, that Mr. Hockey name comes from the representation of the sport. And that's how some, how often how you carry yourself off the ice as well. And I mean, to get back to the, to the Ali tie-in with losing both of, the, both of them this week, why do we often talk about Ali? Not just because he was a great fighter, because of his story away from the rink, his personality, the things he took a stand on. And Gordie Howe, I think, represented a lot of things that we cherish about hockey. You know, the Western Canadian the work ethic, the ability to lead, uh, the the ability to play rough and tumble and stand up for himself and his teammates when he needed to. So, I mean, he didn't just represent great play, great point production. I think he represented a lot of things that we think as Canadians especially are important to have in a hockey player and how pretty much had all of them. 
Yeah, well put. That's uh, Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports, uh, or the host of Inside Sports, joining me on Inside Sports tonight, if that makes any sense. Uh, Reed, let's talk about a couple of other things. Uh, the Stanley Cup final. We have a game six. Um, should we have a game six? Probably not. Somehow, <laughs> Martin Jones uh, just played outstanding last night and stole that game. The Sharks somehow escape, and now they're going back home, and Joe Pavelski all of a sudden scores. Maybe that gets him going. So uh, do you think the Sharks now have a chance at maybe coming back at winning this thing, or did the pen show you enough last night to still think that they'll win this series in six or seven? Well, look, I, I think if you have a goaltender like Jones, you always have a chance. And, and you would think at some point Pavelski's going to actually score not into an empty net, and Joe Thornton might find a way to make a play or two. Um, I mean, I, I think Burns has has had an impact. I think he's been one of the better Sharks in the series. It's just been crazy how fast the Penguins are. And, and I, was, I was watching the game with my, my mom and dad last night, and my, and my dad said it's, it's like the Penguins know where the puck's going to be before it's there. That's, that's the tempo and the speed they're, they're playing the game with. But, I mean, a goaltender always gives you a chance. And, look, Murray's been very good. I mean, he's got an excellent save percentage in the playoffs. But, you know, every once in a while you look at a goal and you say, yeah, I don't know, could have he had it? Did it go off him? How come he didn't squeeze it? So, look, the Sharks – the Sharks got to be energized. Uh, the, the crowd's going to be nuts. The thing is, though, now the Penguins can be the relaxed team. They're not at home. They don't know that outside the walls of the, you know, they're not going to have right outside the walls of their arena 25,000 people waiting to celebrate a uh, victory, or I mean, or at least they won't be in in that environment. So it's probably a, the chance for the Penguins to take a little bit of a deep breath. Um, and, and and focus a little bit. Not that they played poorly. I mean, they had tons. They had over 40 shots last night. But yeah, I mean, we we've seen enough comebacks in the in this latest era of the NHL. The teams always have a chance. I think players recognize how difficult it is to get that far into the playoffs. I mean, look at look at the Sharks players, Thornton and Marlowe specifically. They've been waiting this long to to get there. So yeah, I I, I still think. Hey, I mean, why can't the Sharks? win the next game. I, I know territorially they're being outplayed, but I, I think they got the better goalie who's going to give them a shot. And, and uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a spirited game on Sunday night. Well, with uh, one season ending, uh, that is the hockey season, the uh, CFL season just around the corner. Uh, we have the preseason kicking off for the Eskimos this weekend uh, in Calgary. Uh, some interesting storylines thus far, Reed, uh, through training camp. Uh, you know, who's going to be the backup quarterback? Of course, we have a, a new head coach. Uh, the Eskimos defending Great Cup champions. How will they look? Uh, anything standing out for you in terms of storylines as we get closer to the season? Yeah, well, the, certainly the it, the potential battle on the quarterback depth chart behind Mike Riley interests me because, uh, you know, Lynch and Franklin were here last year, and DeMarco has looked pretty good at times throughout camp and in the mock game last Friday. So I'm curious to see how those guys will play behind Riley and how that's going to shake down. Uh, we both know, Brendan, preseason football uh, can be a little ugly, especially once you get down to the guys who are fighting for depth spots you get some inexperience and uh, sometimes a lot of penalties and, <laughs> and missed plays and stuttering uh, stuttering action I guess to say the best to say the least throughout a game I'm also curious to see Brennan how much Mike Riley is going to play I mean remember last year five snaps three passes in the preseason and then he got hurt in the first regular season game so I hope Riley gets a solid 
you know, quarter tomorrow and then maybe a quarter and a half or a half in the home game next week. So he gets uh, going with his rhythm a little bit more. Obviously curious to see Mike Benavides' defense, curious to see some of the guys who are going to be filling in for the departed players like Grimes and Foster and obviously uh, McCoyle. I don't know how much the game plan on both sides of the ball is going to be turned loose, especially uh, especially tomorrow. But there are some interesting battles. Like I mentioned, quarterback, certainly receiver. I, I think, uh, uh, you know, how is Chris Getzlaff going to fit in? What are, what are some of the other uh, options? Bryant Mitchell, a guy who uh, was cut last year, had a really good mock game last week. Could he possibly fit in somewhere on the, on the depth chart? So, you know, a Eskimos team that certainly didn't need to be overhauled, after winning the Grey Cup last season, but they want to keep it going. And uh, so the, the coaching philosophy and, and rounding out some of those position battles is still a big key for me. Can't wait, Reid. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Thanks for taking some time. And uh, we'll, I guess, talk. You're back on Monday, I believe. So we'll talk to you then. Looking forward to it. That's Reid Wilkins, host of Inside Sports, joining us uh, before the big wedding this weekend. Not his wedding, a friend's wedding. Uh, we jet off to the 6.30 news. When we come back, Al Hamilton remembering Gordy Howe playing against him and other great things with Al Hamilton next on Inside Sports. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chet. Yes, Mike Riley will suit up for the Eskimos in their preseason game tomorrow. Uh, we'll find out how many series he'll play, how many snaps he'll play with uh, Morley Scott at 7.30 on Inside Sports. All Rick in for Wilkins tonight, remembering Gordy Howe. If you have a favorite uh, Gordy Howe memory or story, you can text us 630-630. Uh, we may have some open line time at 780-496-0063 in the 7 o'clock hour as well. But right now, we are very pleased to be joined by Oilers legend Al Hamilton, who played against uh, Gordy Howe in the WHA days. Al, how you doing? All right, Al. I know you called earlier, and uh, we're wondering if you could... I think you were trying to come up into the studio when you called me earlier, and I was sort of uh, like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you at 6.30, but you're here, so thanks for coming in. <laughs> I thought you didn't like me for a minute or two. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not the case. Well, we're always uh, excited to have a, a former Oiler legend uh, in studio. Anytime you want to stop by, just pop in. It's great. Thank you. So how are things? Things are great. Kind of sad news today, but it yeah. was, uh, he had a great life, and, uh, and it should be a real celebration of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for me, I'm 25. I've mentioned um, I never had a chance to watch him play. Um, but just hearing all the stories today, learning more and more about Gordie Howe, it just shows you how much he meant to the game of hockey. It truly is amazing. Um, for you, what came to mind first when uh, you heard the news? Well, one of the first games I played, uh, well, of course, uh, the first thing was we lost such a great uh, ambassador to hockey. but. And I was re remembering the first game I ever played uh, in the NHL was uh, in the Detroit Olympia. I got called up from the Oil Kings, and uh, we played uh, Gordy that day. And I'm, I mean, I was awestruck going out in the, in the Olympia and looking over, and there's, there's Mr. Howe. And uh, but that went away pretty quickly because he, he, he I was carrying the puck up. The, up the boards and he whacked me right across the arm with the with his stick and broke his stick. <laughs> so that was my welcome from Gordie Howe. 
Well, you're a big man. Did you ever think about fighting back, or was uh, <laughs> I mean? I'm big, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, how tough was Gordy? I mean, we, Brian Hall just raved about how tough he was when he was uh, in here earlier today. Gordy was a, was a big, strong guy, and uh, I mean, he could fight. He could. His elbows were legendary, and and uh, and he also used, knew how to. Use a stick pretty well, but he he was uh, he was a great player, great athlete, and and uh, he did set things so effort. He looked uh, so effortless in his skating, and, and in those days he probably protected the puck better than anybody. And and I guess less like all great players, he had uh, great intuition and anticipation. And uh, you know those things you don't you don't learn. They seem to come natural to some guys, and he was one of those guys, that obviously, that was was legendary. How many times did he uh, catch you with the elbow? Uh, I usually poke checked him, <laughs> <laughs> but he. Uh, I mean, you are aware of him when he's on the ice, and also uh, he didn't go looking for trouble. Uh, but if you it caused him grief. Um, he, he, he was certainly willing to dish it out, but uh, off the ice, uh, he was a gentleman, uh, a, a great person, great family man, and uh, uh, obviously a great ambassador to the game. He never turned down a kid uh, asking for an autograph or taking time with people. And I was lucky to play against him, and I was lucky to play with him. For, uh, a little bit in the Team Canada 74 series. Yeah, talk about that. I mean, what was that like? Well, that anytime you get to play with great ones, and I was very blessed to be able to play with uh, he and a lot of other great players, Pearl and, and Buffalo, and of course Gretzky and Messier in, in Edmonton. And uh, he uh, he was playing with his boys, uh, which I know was a huge deal for him. And he came out of retirement and. Never really missed a beat. I mean, that was amazing. He was 46, 47 years old and, and playing with guys uh, less than half his age. <laughs> and uh, so it was a thrill to play with him. He he played very well in that series. He he always played well. He always he produced. And and, uh, and, as, and as I mentioned, the, the thing about guys like him is when they have the puck, they have an awareness of where everybody is, and it's it's a a sixth sense. I I, I think uh, Gretzky had it in spades, and, and so did Gordy, and so you always had to be ready because when you least expected it, he would find you in the open, and uh, you know it was a great experience. I, I was just very very lucky to to have that opportunity. You talked about some of the things uh, that stood out for you uh, just in terms of him as a character and a, and a man off the ice and getting the chance to play with him. Obviously, you learn a little bit about him. Uh, you get to spend some time with him. Um, do you have a favorite memory of him off the ice? Well, I remember we were when we were uh, in the Team Canada experience, uh, previous to that, Bobby Hall, had, uh, there was a, in a, a weekend magazine they used to publish, I think, with the Globe and Mail, and uh, it was a glossy, and they had this big glossy picture of Bobby Hall throwing haystacks, and Bobby had the great build. And, well, Gordy was built differently. He was he had huge forearms and, and biceps, but his shoulders were 
were uh, sloped. He was legendary <laughs> for that. And anyways, he, he comes out one day and comes and we're walking in. He's got two rolls of uh, two towels rolled up, with one under each armpit, and, and so that brought his shoulders up. And he was, <laughs> and who am I? So he had he had lots of fun and, and uh, a good sense of humor. A very humble guy. That was, and that seems to be a trait that most most of the great ones have. He uh, he's very humble. Just one of the guys. He loved to play and loved to be around the guys. Uh, we have Al Hamilton in studio. We'll take a timeout, and uh, if you're kind enough to stick around for a few more minutes, uh, we'll we'll put you to work since you came all the way down <laughs> here. So no problem. Uh, more Al Hamilton coming up here on uh, Inside Sports tonight. Here, this this is uh, Brendan Ulrich in for Reed Wilkins. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 6.30 Chad. 6.46 in Edmonton back here on Inside Sports. Brendan Ulrich in for Reed Wilkins tonight and uh, joined in studio right now by Al Hamilton. And uh, <laughs> just kind of figuring out how our wires got crossed uh, before we came back on. But hey, we're happy to have Al in, in studio tonight. So clearly he had nothing better to do on a Friday night. Don't tell my wife that. <laughs> Just the way to get out of the house or what's going on? <laughs> ah, well, we're talking about Gordie Howe. We'll talk about uh, the Stanley Cup final a bit too as well. Um, Wayne Gretzky calls Gordie Howe the greatest player to ever play the game. Um, where would you rank him um, amongst uh, the all-time greats? Well, I, I would say that it kind of went to the 50s and 60s. Gordie Howe was the most dominant Different game player. though, yes. And it was... Uh, you know, their point totals weren't uh, wild as they were in, in the Gretzky era, and there was lots of hooking and, and interfering, and, and uh, but uh, he was the dominant player, and, and uh, I mean, as kids, we all, everybody knew who Gordie Howe was, and they looked up to him as, as being the greatest. And then there was a, the next era was probably Bobby Orr in the 70s, and then then you had Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier in the 80s and 90s, and uh, so all different. Uh, the game evolved and changed, and, and uh, the the 80s and, and 90s uh, the game opened up a lot more. There was a lot more movement, and and then uh, the coaching changed, and it, it got. Uh, now way more defensive schemes and, and shutdown and and the blocking shots is phenomenal. I mean, that was an exception if you were a shot mm -hmm. blocker. Now everybody <laughs> does it. Even you've even got Kessel doing it. So it's uh, it's just different eras. That I I'm a firm believer that whatever era you came up in, uh, you would be a star in in, in another another era great athletes find a way to, to get to the top and so yeah it's hard to say well he's better than yeah. they are they were all great great hockey players it's been a tough uh, week for sports with Muhammad Ali passing away as well and I was thinking uh, in my head when that happened um, is there another athlete that you know if he were to pass away would there be an impact like that and it's horrible to say that I guess but I mean Gordy Howe passes away now, and it's sort of a similar thing, just based on what he meant on and off the ice, and of course, Muhammad Ali meant so much away from boxing as well, so it's just incredible to see um, what he was able to accomplish on and off the ice, and pave the way for so many young uh, hockey players as well. 
Yeah, Gordy was he played in Detroit, but he was uh, I mean the sport in the states at that point wasn't wasn't uh, nearly as as uh, the media coverage wasn't that big, and and so it was it was more regional. Muhammad Ali he transcended all of that. He I was watching some of the the funeral today and the, and the testimonials and. And I lived in that uh, in the states. I was playing there in in New York and Buffalo when through that era when he was uh, he was a Ali was a conscientious objector and they, they suspended him and but uh, and actually the only the only uh, uh, championship fight I ever saw was was when I was in playing in New York and it was Jimmy Ellis and and uh, Smoke and Joe Frazier. Oh wow. And those guys were there only because Ali had been suspended. But again, another wonderful athlete and a legendary person. And, and again, a very, uh, for, for all his bravado, very humble guy that loved people and, and did an awful lot of good. Al Hamilton with us in studio here. Uh, we were talking about the game changing and uh, watching the Stanley Cup final. I mean, every year, here in Edmonton, fans say, oh, the Oilers need to duplicate the big, tough teams like the L.A. Kings. Or, uh, you know, Chicago plays a skilled game, but they can defend. And then you look at Pittsburgh with the way they play with all that speed. Have you ever seen anything like that? I was blown away when uh, the speed of their game throughout the playoffs. And, and I, I know San, watching that San Jose's having an awful tough time yeah. coping with it. Uh, especially their forwards are... Our uh, Pavelski and Thornton are are getting beat to the puck, and and uh, last night they oh whoops their their goaltender uh, stole a game for them, but now they're in a position where if they play one good game, yeah, the heat goes back on to to Pittsburgh. So it could still be very interesting. They're going home, and then they can find a way and and. Jones stands on his head again and make it real interesting seventh game. Well, we we all hope for a seventh game. We'll see if uh, if that happens on uh, Sunday. You can hear that game on 6:30, Chad. If uh, you're out and about uh, doing things on the weekend, um, just uh, what's what's going on with you? Um, I know you have the Al Hamilton scholarship. Uh, how's that going? Great. We uh, we've had that going. It's actually a, an Oiler alumni scholarship yeah. in my name, and and we've done it now for 15 years. And and uh, this year, uh, Kevin Radomski from the Oilers just told me the other day we had over 50 applicants, and and uh, we. Uh, we get some pretty fine people that uh, graduate and go on to bigger and better things. It, it's based on uh, your involvement in the community, obviously your scholastic ability and involvement in sports and, and what are your goals, where you're trying to go to. And So we get some great young male and female applicants and it uh, doesn't matter what sport, we're, uh, it's it's $8,000 scholarship. so. Help some kid get through, so we're very proud of that. Uh, we'll put out a link to that uh, on Twitter. How can uh, I guess people follow up on that? Well, the applications for this year are finished yeah. now, and uh, but they, it is on the Euler website, and we'll be back on there in the fall. And uh, so anybody, somebody going into grade 12, um, 
can certainly put their application forward and, and uh, we'll be glad to receive it and hopefully uh, if you take the time and the effort uh, get a chance to win. I'm sure you're uh, watching a lot of junior hockey since you're, uh, you know, your son is the head coach of the Oil Kings. Uh, you watching that Memorial Cup? I did. I went down to one game with uh, the uh, Quebec and, and uh, Red Deer game and uh, or pardon me they played uh, London yeah and uh it was uh that wasn't the final that was in the in the round robin Quebec didn't get off to a great start but they came on um London had a pretty dominant line that uh were pretty impressive uh, I, I think it'd be rather difficult if you're sitting in the four spot to, and Kachuk's still there to, to pass up. On There's him. another one who likes Kachuk. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's playing with a bad wheel and, and still uh, he just does some very good instinctual things and, and he's, he goes, he's a big guy, he goes to the net where the traffic uh, that doesn't bother him one bit. He, he has good vision out there. Uh, Make some great passes in, in that game. So, I, I mean, and he's got the pedigree, so I, I would think he'd be a pretty good choice. Uh, I don't know that much about the other ones. I um, haven't saw a little bit of the Finns play uh, in the World Junior, and but um, obviously uh, the top two picks are pretty well settled, and mm -hmm. looks like it's between the, uh, the other Finn and, and uh, Kachuk whether uh, Columbus will take, will step up and take Kachuk over the, over the Finnish kid. So I'm, uh, and who knows, if, with all the talk, this may, it probably is going to be a lot of activity around. Uh, it's difficult to make trades now with so many things involved with, with caps and no trades and, and length of contracts and I mean, it's a very complicated process, mm -hmm. and, and, but we're—I'm uh, sure we need some—we want some help in the back end, and and uh, we'll, it'll be. F I think it's going to be a real fun summer. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. Hockey fans like, oh, why are our Oilers fans rather like, oh, I wish this uh, Stanley Cup final would just finish already because then we can start doing trades. Although teams technically can trade, it just doesn't happen until things uh, officially wrap up. Uh, with Al Hamilton here, Al, it's been fun. I uh, really appreciate you stopping by. Uh, so uh, thanks for thanks for doing this. No, no, not a problem. Next time I'll. Uh I'll send up a flare outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, something I'll never forget in uh, my uh, radio career here. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for coming in, Al. Really appreciate it. Uh, inside Sports here with Reed Wilkins. Uh, when we come back, we'll get to a crystal glass scoreboard update. Uh, Jim Matheson from the Edmonton Journal. We'll try to hook up with him. And we'll do Eskimo and uh, Stampeder talk in the 7.30 hour with uh, Morley Scott and Jock Wilson out of Calgary. So that's ahead on Inside Sports. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you after the news with Thomas Dyer. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.